This is the Skate Podcast on WEEI.com and the Radio.com app. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins in the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from the Greg Hill Morning Show. That's evidently what Ken Laird wants you to believe. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Everything gonna be all right? <laughs> Place him up for some bees talk right now. It's the Skate Pod. Some escape. I'll give it a B. B plus. On WEEI. Holy, this is a big time show. It is a big time show. Here we go. It's the Skate Pod for the 6th of November 2019. I'm Ken Laird. Our biggest guest yet on the podcast, Cam Neely, president of the Boston Bruins. A lengthy sit-down from his office over at TD Garden. This is uh, taped on Tuesday of this week before the Bruins lost up in Montreal on Tuesday night. So we do not get into any of the uh, offsides review discussion the Bruins at the time we talked to Cam 11-1-2 and and flying high the top line a force we got into all of that with Cam and we really felt this week instead of a long preamble between uh, Calvin and myself this one stands on its own merit as uh, good enough just to put out so let's get right to it our chat this week with Cam Neely on the skate pod so it's funny because I were so Matt Chimura told me we were going to do this like in the first intermission last night and you guys are up three nothing and I'm like all right this is great and then it's four to three and I'm like I I text Ken and I go oh god we're gonna get cranky Cam this is going to be terrible. So luckily, you guys pulled it out. I mean, I'm sure. Um, how was how did your emotions go back and forth? And just in general this year, I mean, it's probably been a little easier on your nerves watching these guys. For for the most part, yeah. yes, it's been it's been a pleasure to watch them. Um, but yeah, you would have got cranky, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of f bombs being thrown around last night. Speaking of that, uh, the image last year in the Cup Finals of you throwing the water bottle went pretty viral. What did you think of that reaction after the fact? I mean, I don't know if you know you're on camera sometimes or you're not, but as the face of the franchise, I think Bruins fans feed off your emotion that, that you care so much that you're into the game like that. Were you happy about that or not? Well, you know, it's interesting because I, 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 I say to myself, okay, Cam, just relax, just calm down, and, and uh, just, you know, just take the game in and try not to show much emotion, but it's very difficult for me. Uh, um you know, that was just a reaction of what I thought was a, a bad missed call. It ended up costing us. Um, and that, you know, I just, it was just on instinct, really. Um, and then, of course, my daughter says, you're trending on Twitter. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then I saw someone did a, a really funny uh, a take off that. They they stacked up a, look, what looked like a bunch of water bottles, and then they had me throwing it, and I was picking off kids <laughs> right. Oh my god! Yeah, I saw a few of those creative yeah, ones too. Yeah. Exactly. But you know, I mean, you know, obviously, over the last ten, twenty years, whatever, the Jacobs family's become more uh, present, especially with Charlie around more, and there's been more of a hands-on ownership. But clearly, that's also what they part of what they brought you in for was to kind of be the face, but to be the emotions. I mean, you're as much a fan as you are a former player, Hall of Famer, and now the president, and you have a hand in everything here, and that, that's that's part of what they wanted right they wanted to show that we care and no one can question whether how much you care at (laughs) this point no it's and and uh you know you bring up a good point like i i needed to understand how much they cared before i i accepted the role back with the team right because you know even though i played here for 10 years um you know i didn't really get know mr jacobs very well and um you know then like you said when charlie uh became uh, a resident here and was involved on a regular basis um you know, and then and then me being in this position, I really got to understand how much they do care. Um, but uh, you know, I I didn't really know what to expect when I first came back with the team, and 
it's just been it's been a great ride. I love it. I do care a great deal about our team, and I care a great deal about our fans. I want our fans to really enjoy coming into this building. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons we didn't get cranky cam was because Brad Marchand, you know, came up big five point game, game winning goal. Pasternak scored his goal of the night, you know, unbelievable pace. And just this first line right now, I mean, does it compare to anything you've seen as a player that you played against, that you played with? I mean, certainly in my 15 years, I haven't seen something this unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, you know, to a degree, when I played in Vancouver, we played Edmonton a ton, Mm -hmm. um, you know, back in the early 80s. So I got uh, front row seats of Gretzky's line. So they were pretty impressive, obviously. And when I look and see... You know how you got a 200-foot player in Patrice Bergeron. You've got a, you know, a, a very crafty, skilled goal scorer in in in, in David Pasternak, and and he you know he does more than that. He's a great playmaker. And then with Brad, I mean, just to watch him evolve and uh, over the last you know half a dozen years or so to become the player that he is, uh, you know, not just I mean he handles the puck really well. He's he's uh, strong on the puck. He's a great penalty killer, but he also has brought a lot of offense to his game that. You know, it was probably there, but they I don't know if a lot of people thought it would translate to the NHL level. So it's been impressive to watch these guys. As for Pasternak, as a guy who scored 50 on several occasions, what would it be like to see him do that this year? And what's it going to take for David to get 50? Well, I, I made a comment the other day that he, he can't be selfish. And, and what I mean by that, like you can't pass up opportunities to, to shoot. And I, 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 when I f- say to people, you're selfish when you don't shoot, they don't understand that. They think that they're 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 not being selfish by passing the puck. Right. And for me, you know, when you have an opportunity to put the puck in the net, you should put it on the net, especially the way that David shoots. So, I think if he continues to put pucks on the net, and um, you know, the line continues to click the way they are, um, and our power plays, you know, goes at the. I don't know if we're going to sustain this kind of clip, but. Um, I think he's got a. He's, I mean, obviously, he's got a great shot of getting fifty this year. Yeah, I and mean, when you look at it as far as just the, tech, the technique or the skill, I mean, what is it that it's just automatic? I mean, they keep comparing it to Ovechkin, but it really is that you know that shot from the from the circle, especially that no one can seem to stop no matter what they do. And then the other things he mixes in, but especially the goal scoring from that shot. I mean, what do you see about his shot that's so good? Well, he's worked on that because there was yeah. times when he he struggled on the one timer there, if you recall, like the, you'd fan on it a lot, and he's. Mm-hmm. Worked worked a great deal on that um and it's really about just maybe getting to understand the goaltenders a little bit more too because once you see the goalies uh, play a number of times you play against them you get to know their tendencies and you know where there may be a little uh, some weaknesses so and obviously there's some pre-scouts on these goaltenders sure. so um and and if you're a natural goal scorer sometimes the puck just finds its way in where right. other where it doesn't for other guys yeah it's unbelievable as for that line staying together like for weeks on our show and i'm sure every other Bruins show in town it was you know should you break these guys up should you spread the wealth a little bit in the playoffs you guys you know dealt with that whether to keep together or not now there's no talk of that they're just so (laughs) dominant right you can't can't break them up correct no i mean it's you know that line jumps over the boards you know the other team's like okay we've got to be on our toes here and um you know, it's 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 really difficult. I think for Bruce to say, okay, you know, we got to split this group up. I mean, it's you know they're just so dominant right now, and and uh, they're so uh, they're such a threat every time they're on the ice. Why would you want to split them up? Yeah. What was the best line you ever played on, and and does it compare you and Adam or? Well, Adam Oates, and when Joe Juno was with us, uh, uh, I thought that was probably the best line I played on. And how does it stack up with this one? 
Um, well, unfortunately, we didn't really have uh, as many games. I was kind of in and out of the lineup, and then Joe ended up getting traded. But, um, you know, Adam Adam was a phenomenal playmaker. I mean, uh, especially for me with being a, a right shot right winger and a right shot centerman, you know, his backhand passes were the best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe saw the ice extremely well and, and – um, you know, they both could score as well, but they both were very good playmakers. Uh, this has a little bit probably more to it than, than our, that line did. Different era, too. Do you think that, um, like you said, why would you – you can't break up this line at this point. I mean, do you feel like this line could carry you, even if it's just if it's just a regular season? And, I mean, is there is there maybe a little bit of a thought of that, that, you know, the regular season and playoffs will be different animals, yeah. so we can let this line carry us, and then the playoffs we worry about if we have to – you know, mix things up and if we don't get the secondary scoring. Yeah, I mean, it's something where, you know, we're talking about it all the time, not just what are we going to do in the playoffs. I mean, we've got, we got a lot, a long time to go sure. before we get there. Right. And, and, you know, we're hoping, uh, and we're seeing some secondary scoring now. At mm-hmm. the start of the year, it was like, wow, the power play and that first line's carrying it. But, you know, you need, as you know, you need, for any kind of success, you're going to need secondary scoring. So we're well aware of that, and we'll see how the season plays out. Right. So what do you think of, I mean, Danton, um, Anders, I mean, these are the guys that might save you from having to trade picks at the deadline as you have in the past. What do you see in, the, in, the, in maybe in those particular those two guys' progressions? Well, I'll talk about Anders first. I mean, uh, he came to camp, you know, wanting to make our team. Mm-hmm. You could tell right from the start of camp, right. and, and and you know, he he got stronger. Um, he's 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 tougher to knock off the puck. He skates extremely well, sees the ice well, and and we feel for him, he's much more suited on on the, his strong side right uh, we don't like him on the off wing um where danton you know he can play both wings uh and and he's he's as comfortable well i don't know if he's as comfortable on his off wing but he he, he looks comfortable on his off wing um so you know that line uh, with those two guys in particular if they can you know continue to chip in and I, I know uh, anders certainly has had some chances maybe a little snake bitten but uh danton got going the other game right um so those guys were were excited about what they can bring. And Denton, Denton kind of falls into this, you know, you're selfish if you pass yeah, realm, doesn't time. he? I mean, he needs to shoot. I the talk puck. to him all the time. I'm like, <laughs> you got a great shot, use it, you know. And and but he gets out there and he's a pass first guy, which uh, you know does hurt him at times. Yeah, and hurts us. I'd like to see him shoot shoot more than he does. As for the power play success, Cam, I'm, you know, I'm sure you're not going to break any news in terms of Tory Krug's future here on our show, but in terms of the success they're having and the importance of Krug uh, in relation to that, what do you see right now in terms of uh, just, I mean, how important is he, I guess, and, and how does that factor into what you want to do with him going forward? Well, he sees the ice really well. He, he's, uh, um, he's, he's a really good power play quarterback, as we all know, and, and uh, you know, not just uh, um, breaking it out of our end, but just when he's on the blue line and, and the movement that that unit has, and he's not afraid to get down um, – you know, down below the dots. Um, so he's a big, obviously a big part of it. I mean, those five guys on the ice know what they're doing. They're great offensive players, and, and Torrey's a big part of that power play. I mean, we've seen, you know, Roman Yossi was clearly the more recent uh, signing with the eight years, and he's 29. Um, we've seen other guys. We, we know what the stats, and I'm sure you have all the data yeah. at your fingertips about guys that get in the late, late 30s, but how much do you really care what he's going to do in eight years, as opposed to wow, if we can get if we sign him for eight, but we have him for four really good ones, does I mean, where does that? How do you how do you make that dist- well, distinction? Well, it's that's a great question, and that's what you battle with, right? Because uh, you know, you, you, 
you know, you're, you you want to win now, but you also like, okay, what's it going to be like in four or five years? So, um, you know, we we look at our, our roster today and, and uh, the age of our core players mm-hmm. at, at 1 and 11, and you say, okay, how many more years do we got? So you want to take advantage of those as much as you can. 11-1-2 and two, the start. I mean, we talked before the season began, and you were optimistic, and you, you, I remember you said you saw the drive and the hunger from the guys despite the cup run. But what did you expect, really, and how does this stack up? With I mean, that is an unbelievable. Well, I, did, I wasn't expecting this. That's uh, to be <laughs> to be frank and honest. Um, you know, it's funny after after uh, after Game Seven last year, I got home and I'm sitting on the couch and uh, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm just kind of staring off into space. And my wife says to me, "What are you thinking about?" I said, "I'm I'm 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 thinking about are we going to make the playoffs next year." <laughs> um, so, because I just know, I just know how how difficult it is. It was short off season. Uh, even if you didn't have uh, any surgeries, you still had to give your body some time to rest, and then you had to start working out. So you were way behind other 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 teams. But I give the guys a ton of credit for coming in the way they did. They they were ready to go. Um, but I wasn't expecting this kind of start. But I knew I knew that we were going to have a good start. But uh, uh, not this, and hopefully this continues. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to get too far into the weeds on like looking back, but um, there was an article I read about the LA Kings, and they're kind of where you guys were in like 2015, yeah. 2016. They've got core players that won the cup. They're trying to reboot, and they're actually, they're, but they're actually kind of more in a rebuild too. They've traded guys for picks. They've they've been you know sellers at deadlines, and you guys ne- didn't necessarily do that with your bigger names ever. How how did you make that decision to not that you you were confident that you could not bottom out before you had to I mean you know you used to go on a, a particular radio show where, where that was that was the the, the the talk of the day every yeah. day you got to trade Tuka you got to yeah. trade Krejci you got to start, start at the bottom but you never did it and now you went to the finals and you're the you know one of the best teams in hockey now how did you make that decision well it, I mean it was we had to make hard decisions uh you know when when went through the interview process for the next GM um, I really liked what Don had to say as far as how he thought we we could uh, kind of retool on the fly, so to speak. And one of the hard decisions was moving on from Milan, um, you know, because we had Brad that we knew we had to sign. Milan was his contract was coming up, and uh, you know he 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 meant so much to the organization and was a big factor in our 2011 win. So we felt you know we could. Uh, he was the guy that we said we could move on from and probably get a good uh, return for him and, mm-hmm. and uh, which we did. Right. Um and that that helped jump start it really. Yeah. Was it tough though to, to to say okay that this could really happen? I mean it's maybe uncharted territory sometimes. It it, it is. I mean, you know, you got to take chances and 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 uh you know, you hope they work out. I mean, that's uh you know, but you got to believe in what you're doing and and we all believe this was the right path to go down. Totally different sport, obviously, different circumstances, but the Patriots have had that long, sustained run of success, as you guys have. I know you've wanted more championships, but you've been close a couple times. Did you guys ever look at what they're doing, what Belichick's doing, and try to model the way you are, you know, lead guys? Well, or anything Yeah, like I mean, obviously different sports, but you do look at it and say, okay, you know, how does he handle certain players at certain ages? And, and uh, you know, they, they've made a lot of hard decisions where they've moved on from players that have had success with that organization. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, they're not going to be popular decisions, but if you think it's the right decision to make for your, for your, for your club, you got to make them. And, and I think that's what he does really well. So, and, and, you know, we also saw with the Red Sox where they win and they brought back 
so many of the guys and some of them didn't work out. Right. And now you're talking about, you know, going back to Milan and, and making that hard decision. Did you maybe get, did you guys maybe learn that after 11, especially in a cap league where you can't pay everybody what you want to right. pay them, that you have to just not be so sentimental sometimes? Yeah, there's no question. Yeah. I mean, you know, you end up falling in love with your players when you have success, right? Yeah. So. Uh, you have to take the emotion out of it and say, okay, what's what's best for the club? And, and you know, they, they are hard decisions because, you know, they are humans. They have families. they got lives. And, and you, you know, you recognize all that. Um, uh, you know, especially especially with Milan, like he loved being a Boston Bruin and, and he loved living in Boston. He loved playing here. Um, and that was a very difficult decision for us, but we felt it was the right one to make. So now we know Zidano loves being here as well. And yeah. this has been just – you could probably not ask for more from him as far as his production and what you're paying him these days and the fact that he's willing to go on these one-year deals. I mean, how important is that for you and the organization to make sure that as long as he can play, he's doing it as a Boston Bruin and, you know, plays out the, the string here? Well, it's it's been great. Like, he, to to your point, you know, you hit the nail on the head. He loves he loves being a Bruin as well, and he loves living here. His kids, his kids are being raised here. Right. Um, you know, so that plays a big factor, and his his age obviously plays a big factor. Does he want to bounce around? I mean, I think he, he looks at us and, and feels like we can win here. So, um, you know, but like last night, for example, I'm like, our best defenseman is 42 years old. <laughs> right. Um, so he, uh, uh, you know, it's great. Like, we haven't, you know, we just, the door is always open for Zidane, and, and uh, you know, he's he's proven that he can play, and, and he's still tough to play against. Yeah, and do you, see, do you see a role for him in the organization when he's not playing? Uh, that You know, we'll see what <laughs> where his head's at. You know, right. I, I know, I think it's important for players to, you know, when they do finally retire, to kind of step away a little bit, spend some time with the family, mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, recharge and, and uh, you know, kind of get an idea of what you really want to do, and you know, if he wants to be involved, we'll find something for him, I'm sure. I mean, he loves working with the young players we've seen. I mean, yeah. won't call them rookies. No. And he, I mean, how many, my God, you go back these last 15 years, how many guys he's taken under his wing, you know, from Matt Lashoff to Brandon Carlo and Charlie McAvoy. Uh, it's got to be some. he has to, he would be amazing for a development uh, development organization. Well, you know? he would. I mean, he, he, you know, it's like no different than when Ray was here. Like the, sure. the amount of right defenseman that he yep. played with right how and it was always right. a young kid coming in and saying okay you're gonna play with this guy and and he, but he make he makes them feel comfortable right like they're not afraid to play with them they're they're, they're you know because of the way they're treated mm-hmm. well last one for me i uh, with the greg hill morning show and i told him you'd rather come on the podcast than come on with him which we appreciate uh he says you still owe him lunch is there any truth to that and what's what's going I on i probably there? do i don't know i mean if uh, but greg i mean he's he's he always gets a free lunch, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is great. I mean, we appreciate you uh, you coming on, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll do it again sometime yeah, down the road. Happy, and, uh, happy to do it. Good, looking forward to a great season. Yeah, this is uh, shaping up to be a good one. Let's hope it continues. Knock on wood. That's right. <laughs> thanks, Cam. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Skate Pod. If you enjoyed this chat with Cam Neely, some of our bonus pods, including Nicholas Lidstrom this week and Dennis Seidenberg last week, please give us a review and a good one if you can. On iTunes, that helps us out a ton. Google Play, Stitcher, Radio.com, other places you can, of course, subscribe to us. The Skate Pod back next week on its regular Thursday appearance here on WEI.com.